0: I'm not
1: inclined to this is We're Psyched. Hi, I'm Elle, and I've never done a podcast.
0: And I'm Jacob, and I've never seen Psych.
1: And now I'm making him watch it.
0: And now I'm making her do a podcast.
1: So let's get started. Hey guys! This week we are covering Season 1, Episode 8, Sean vs. the Red Phantom, written by Anupam Nigam, directed by John T. Kretschmer, aired on August 25th, 2006, and here's the wiki synopsis: Sean and Gus pretend to be George Takei's assistants at a convention in attempt to track down a missing teenager.
0: Oh my wow. god! <laughs> they got the man, the myth, the legend, George Takei, to
1: play himself.
0: That's, that's yeah, that's so so cool. I loved I loved this. It's just so fun to see him every time he popped up. I'm like, oh my god, this is just so much fun.
1: I mean, yeah, Psychus yeah. had some really great and talented guest stars, but I think this is the first big name,
0: right? You even if like I've never seen the original Star, almost said Stargate. the original Star Trek series. There it is, guys. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just I you know you know him you know him just because he's like he's him now. He's like transcended characters and transcended. everything. Transcended, yeah. Um. That's a word. <laughs> it is. Well, I feel like it's worth mentioning how much of an incredible person he is. Um, I have a lot written about him. Oh, uh, great! Let's hear it. Yeah, he lived with his parents in internment camps during World War II. Wow! Like what a life that is. Yeah. So he started. Know that. Yeah, he started acting in the fifties. Um, started mainly with voice acting, doing dubbing of international movies. Um, and then he played uh, Commander Sulu in, or no, Lieutenant Sulu. He played Sulu in uh, Star Trek in 1966. And something interesting about that, actually, this is the first time I've ever heard of this happening, which is the the first pilot for that show was called The Cage. And it was actually rejected by the network.
1: No, really? Yeah,
0: so it's like they said No. And then so they made the second pilot, which they called Where No Man Has Gone Before. And that was accepted by the network and the show went off that. So I don't know how common that would be. It, pr- it probably is more common than we think, but um, it just it seems interesting. And then actually, so the plot lines from that first pilot were actually worked into like a later episode.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they
0: ended up using that story. It's just the the network was like, no, you're not starting. You're, you're, not, start- you're not starting with that. So I just thought it was funny.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
0: So then he um, he did he's also like an author. He wrote something called Mirror Friend Mirror Foe in 1979 with Robert Aspirin. Uh, I mean Robert Tylenol. <laughs> no Robert Aspirin. <laughs> um, so it's a bit like a bit of a science fiction uh, book. Um, and then uh, he also tra- uh, traversed into some other sci-fi stuff. He in 2009 he appeared voicing a Dird. I don't know what that is, but a character called lock Dird in, uh, the star Wars, the clone wars. So he's been, uh, in both star Trek and star Wars. And he was actually the first actor to do both. Um, so that's kind of, kind of cool. And then also, um, which is actually in the little bit of research, uh, for this episode, the first I've heard of this, um, he's like an activist for immigrants and the LGBT community. This and I know. Yeah. About. Ever since yeah. 2005, he's been, uh, He's been uh, very active and uh, he participated in a documentary by David Thorpe called Do I Sound Gay? <laughs> Which I love. It's because it's like, you know, there's such a stereotype about the gay voice. Oh, yeah. And he, he. I mean, he has an interesting voice, but I wouldn't call it a gay voice.
1: He has a very, yeah. very famous voice.
0: Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. It's
1: funny you bring that up. I actually have a quote from him.
0: Okay, um, I, have an, I have one. I think it's a different quote, so... Okay, well, do you want to fr- go first? You, no, you go first.
1: Okay. Takei says, Why did it take me so long to come out? Because I'm an actor and I wanted to work. I learned at a young age that you couldn't be an openly gay actor and hope to be employed. And I was already an Asian American actor, so I was already limited a lot. To this day, there are big Hollywood actors who are not out in order to protect their careers. That's
0: sad. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. That's um. Actually, even recently, that's true. Like, uh, what is it? Um, Anna Kendrick's manager told her, "Tone down the public gayness. You might get a Marvel movie."
1: Excuse me. Yeah, I have never what heard the of fuck?
0: that. Yeah, and then so actually, that prompted Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel, to come out and be <laughs> come out and be like. <laughs> nice. um, No, we're okay with gay people. We got gay actors and gay characters. It's all good. Um, Like, Jesus.
1: It doesn't surprise me.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, so I have a different quote, which is similar. He said, uh, it's not really coming out, which suggests opening a door and stepping through. It's more like a long, long walk through what began began as a narrow corridor that starts to widen. I like that. Mm. Because it is a personal journey. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And that's actually not the quote that I was going to say. Um, But he also said, and this was back in 2005 on Howard Stern, he said, uh, we gay people are masculine, masculine. we are feminine, we are caring, we are abusive. We are just like straight people in terms of our outward appearance and our behavior. The only difference is that we are oriented to people of our own gender. Now, that's not very profound, but in 2005, right when the uh, same-sex marriage legislation was really coming to the public I, it's really you know great to hear him say that
1: yeah it's not very profound but it's sad that he has to state that oh yeah, yeah gay people are just like straight people yeah like we're just all people
0: well it just it reminds you know it's like there's this stigma around bisexual people that i don't really get where it came from but it's like people assume that as soon as you, I mean, as soon as you say you're bi, people are like, oh, you're hypersexual. You're going oh, yeah. to go ar- around raping everyone you find, you know, because it's like, <laughs> oh, you're attracted to everybody. You're go- you're uncontrollably sexually. It's like, yeah, come on. It's... We've got a long way to go in yeah. terms of getting rid of stereotypes and stuff. And no. I mean, it's just great to see that someone as like prolific as George Takei is, you know, such an activist for so long.
1: Yeah, good yeah. for him, and I mean he's mm-hmm. been through some shit. So yeah. um, we totally went off on him, but I think yeah. it's yeah it was good because it's he's a saying. very special guest star.
0: Yeah, it's worth um, seeing.
1: So let's jump into the episode. Okay. It begins with a flashback, of course, mm-hmm. where Sean, you know, doing regular children things, has a towel, red towel around his neck. He's pretending he's a superhero cape. He's running around the yard and his dad calls him in and basically tells him he can't play because yeah. it's unrealistic and the real heroes in the world are cops and superheroes make cops look bad i mean this there's is, so many problems yeah, to that but to begin is, with he's just a kid let him be a kid yeah
0: let kids play i mean if this is police propaganda the show <laughs> <laughs> it's but,
1: literally just comic books yeah it's, and harmless play harmless,
0: but I I guess I get why he would be defensive.
1: Oh, but of course. There's a
0: way there's I feel like there's such a better way that Henry could have been like, listen, you know, those are just fictional, right? You know, you know, yeah, I'm actually out Sean, there fighting crime,
1: knowing if my kid was Sean, I'd be worried that he'd actually try to go jump off a roof or something. <laughs> But like Apparently,
0: he- <laughs> that actually happens a lot. Apparently, there are a lot of injuries from kids who think they can fly. <laughs> I don't know where I read that, but I've read that.
1: <laughs> I definitely think Henry should have talked about that better, you know? um,
0: That's And speaking
1: yeah. of Henry, I just want to commend whoever the makeup artist is and the hair You person. mentioned that
0: while we were watching this episode, and then I paid more attention to it. And yeah, they really got... It looks like sun, sun bleached, you know? Like, it looks good. It
1: looks insanely yeah. good. It. I mean, not only does it make the back-in-time scenes more believable, but look, it doesn't look like he's wearing some cheek party city wig. Like, it looks really good. Yeah. Um, now, the real question is, did Henry's actor like that wig? And I found the answer to this. You did? Yep. So, in an interview... With the TV addict, he says, That would be a horrible wig. This sounds really crazy and really technical, but I really hated the wig. I mean, I personally just didn't like it. It made me angry, (laughs) but I guess that was good for Henry. But every day I would put it on. I thought they'd actually made me look older in a weird way. Blonde guys should not have hair as they get older. There's a couple that do, and I think they look pretty silly. But I don't know if I want to go back. I would like to go forward. That's what I think would be fun. Where Sean comes and visits my grave on the 20th anniversary of my death, you still don't know, do you? You think what's going to happen, but you don't. <laughs> I don't know where the end of that <laughs> quote was going. That
0: was weird. I mean, I I take... Okay, Corbin Burnson, you're wrong. There are, like, I mean... Yes, you have Kevin Kevin Sorbo on your side to be, to say that if you have long blonde hair as an old guy, you look like an idiot. Kevin there Sorbo is, is an idiot. There is so,
1: some you know
0: yeah, There's but, some truth
1: to what he says. Yes,
0: but also like no no. Like, Jacob,
1: are you getting defensive? Because I'm getting you defensive have long because I have hair? long blonde
0: hair and I don't want to lose it.
1: Well, okay. Let's. Your dad lost it. Your grandpa lost it.
0: Okay. Well, well, yeah. I know the odds aren't on my side.
1: Well, actually apparently
0: this is where i'm asking for a sponsorship from keeps
1: (laughs) well you might not need that because oh so my child i'm gonna digress for a little bit my friend from my childhood back when i lived in washington her name is wren we used to watch psych together at her house all the time and she said that apparently rosemary oil is very good for your hair especially if you're worried about losing it so thank you wren and I you should thank to her, too.
0: Yeah, have to keep, and keep
1: this, this in mind. In mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so I actually also, I wrote that down. I wrote down Henry Hare, and I wanted to research it. But then as soon as I started researching it, I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I probably shouldn't be poking around on websites because of spoilers. Good, at, so I good didn't, thinking. Yeah, I didn't really poke around too much. However, I did see an interview where it was St- Steve Franks. And this is totally unrelated, but I found it because of my... Um, bad Google search. Um, <clears throat> Steve Franks said the Psych production has eight palm trees that they truck around to their location shoots. Huh. So that's yeah, how they because kinda, they film in Canada. Yeah, they so. film in Canada, and you can tell because there's like the islands out off the coast, and that's that's Vancouver, eight, Vancouver Island. But they palm have palm trees. trees. Yeah, so when they're out on the. Like I think those would be the ones that you can see outside the psych office,
1: probably. Yeah. And there's palm trees outside of Henry's house.
0: Yeah, so they would have mo- they would have put those in for the production.
1: Oh, that's funny. The same. I wonder if they named them. They should. They should. I really hope those eight palm trees have names. Yeah. But um, <laughs> okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. So Juliet is alone in the office today. Lassie has gone out with the chief for reasons we will mention later. Road trip road trip and sean is goofing around in chief fix office in her very comfy chair and bugging juliet you know because he's flirting and being not helpful in any way shape or form and juliet tells him that you know there's this case of this missing or not a case yet because he hasn't been missing for 48 hours I think it's really profound what Juliet says. You know, as a cop, she has to follow the law. But she thinks it's pretty shitty that she has to tell a mom, oh, you can't worry until your kid has been missing for two days.
0: Yeah, that's really sad. So she wants to
1: help this mother by sort of hiring Sean.
0: They're not going to pay him. Yeah.
1: But he does tell Gus they're going to help her so, you know, they can win favors in the future.
0: Whatever that means. That's so Sean. But yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, because it's like, it, you know, you really get a sense in this show where the only people who can comfortably break the rules are Sean and Gus because they're not actually cops. But the police have to very, you know, methodically follow the rules of how they collect evidence and everything. Because yeah. and this is, you know, is very common in, in court. Like if you find like th- there could be some pretty damning evidence that is brought forth by a prosecution but the defense could point out that it was obtained uh, by a way that is um, outside of procedure, and that completely invalidates it. Like you could know someone is guilty, but you can't prove it because they obtained the evidence wrongfully. Like it's crazy. So they have to be super careful, and then so it creates this super cool dynamic between Sean and Gus being the ones who they really toe the line, and then you really see the uncomfortableness, you know, where it's like Juliet's like, I can't can't do anything i really want to like my morals tell me i want to but
1: and i mean speaking of being careful we should have actually addressed this way back in episode one but can psychics actually be hired by a police station and i researched this because if the answer is no then the show you know doesn't hold much water but i found the answer on the u.s department of justice.com or .gov and this is, in case you want to look up yourself, this is Law and Order, Volume 41, Issue 9, page 84 to 88, published in 1993. And just a little summary of what the article states. It says, the usefulness of psychics in police investigations is extremely controversial, but mm. psychics have long been and will undoubtedly continue to be involved in unsolved criminal investigations.
0: Unsolved? Unsolved?
1: Yeah. Meaning what? Unsolved. Like, I guess as a, maybe a last resort, they call in a psychic or, or, yeah. um, desperate measures. I mean, Sean's yeah. not psychic. What he's doing is illegal, but they think he is psychic. So. <laughs>
0: it's the funniest thing. Yeah. Cause from imagining the paperwork that chief Vic is doing, like she's explaining that she has this psychic and it's a, he is a regular contractor So, yeah, that's interesting so that they are, you know, it's not surprising that it's controversial, but like actually accepted, you know, I mean, I guess accepted, you know, controversially, but um, used. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. Yeah.
1: So the case that Juliet has Sean help her with is this teenage boy named Malone who's gone missing Um, Hasn't been two days yet, but she knows, like we talked about Juliet's intuition, she Mm -hmm. knows something's not right here. And before we go into the case further, I just wanted to do a little deep dive into Malone's actor. His name is Callum Worthy. Worthy is actually pretty famous. Um, He's a Canadian actor who has been in numerous shows and movies like Austin and Allie, The Act, Mostly Ghostly, and he even guests in one other future episode of Psych.
0: As the same character or a different character? A different character. Oh, okay. But
1: they hired him again, which means they probably really liked him. Yeah. Um, I believe he got his start on Disney Channel. Oh, okay. Um, but on top of acting, where they also writes and produces for a couple of Disney distributed series. One called Just Kidding and the other called The Copper Top Flop Show.
0: Okay. Huh. interesting. So...
1: If you're a Disney fan, you probably already yeah. know who this person is.
0: Was he, did you did, Would you know if he was one of the people who did the wand intro? You know, like you're watching Disney Channel and they flip the wand and be the Mickey oh, face. Oh, yeah.
1: Hey, I wonder, you know, I'll look that up.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's loads and loads of actors who did that. So probably. I noticed a little goof when Sean and Gus are heading to Mother Malone's um, house. There, So this, the camera is following them up the porch. Uh, up to the front door and then there you can see the reflection of the camera in the glass door
1: wow yeah good catch i mean i never caught that it's subtle because
0: there's no lights on it or anything um so like you can tell that um it was just they were trying to hide it by you know in darkness and then the characters are kind of obscuring it but you can definitely tell that it's the camera lens in the matte box so the rectangular wow. box around it
1: I mean that is a good catch. Yeah. I never noticed that.
0: I noticed because I was like, this is just something like because I'm a, when I imagine how they block scenes and everything for filming, you never want the camera point unless you're going to do some filmmaking fuckery. You never <laughs> want the camera pointing directly at a reflective surface because you'll get yeah. the reflection of it. And so you know there are ways to hide it, but I was like when the door was like directly in center frame, I'm like. Looking closely at that, and yeah, you see the camera. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing, I didn't catch that, but what I Mm. did catch is when they uh, go to Malone's room to check to see if anything's out of the ordinary. Yeah. Malone has a chess set. Yeah. In the corner of his room. Right. And it looks like he just shoved all the pieces onto the board in a messy way. I I guess just put it away. Mm Mm-hmm. Or he has no idea how to play chess <laughs> because all the pieces are in the wrong spot, basically. Oh, really? Almost all of them. The rooks, I think, were correct. But the pawns were in the first row. Like, some of the other... i like characters. The other pieces were in weird spots. Both sides, too. Not just one side.
0: So it didn't so look like it was mid-game?
1: It, it didn't look like it was mid-game. And it didn't look like he just shoved everything. Because they were separated. Like, the white versus black. Right. But... Everything was in, like, pretty mm-hmm. much everything was wrong. So, so
0: maybe it was just... An, um.
1: But he's a smart kid, right? Because he and his friends yeah. are into computers.
0: Yeah. So it's an incompetent set dresser. That's what's happening. <laughs> you know, that completely invalidates my point because I wrote something down about the set dressing of Malone's room because it, it's this... It It's a teenage boy's room. It's that messy and it's just... You know, the bed doesn't have a bed frame. It's just the mattress is just sitting yep. on the floor. Like, that's a teenage boy's room. And I was like, you can't dress a set that you can't plan that. You can't plan something that messy. But, you know, they must have just not put much effort into Maybe. putting up setting up the chessboard. Like that was like, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, it did look very convincing as a teenager's room. Maybe yeah. they just let Callum Worthy live in there for a week. And we right. are like, be as messy as you want. I mean, there was pizza on the ground, which, by the way, there is some debate that the hidden pineapple is on the ground and scattered around the pizza box. I don't think that's it, because I think it comes later. But if oh. you think that's another hidden pineapple, because sometimes they hide more than one, mm. then I will give that
0: to you. Okay. But you, you can't definitively tell, right? I went yeah, back okay. so
1: many times. I could not uh, tell.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so... Sean, you know, fucks around a little bit and then opens the light fixture above Malone's bed and all this money comes spilling out money that like, I wish I had. And (laughs) um, he's like, well, whatever this kid's doing, it cannot be legal. He's probably involved in some shady shit. Yeah. And Gus actually does better detective work than Sean. Right. Like way, way better. He knows where Malone is, when he'll be there. Yeah. The location of the convention?
0: Gus carries the team sometimes. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, even Sean couldn't believe it. Yeah.
0: You got well well, I had a problem with what Gus said because I mean, I get why he had why they had the character say this. He said, "Anything that pays in stacks of cash like that can't be legit or it like has to be shady," something like that. I'm like, "No. Not not exactly. If you're a professional card counter, You get paid in stacks of cash. Okay, that's completely legal.
1: Yes, but if we're being real here, most things, especially if it's like this teenager, you're right. He can't go into a casino, casino, Jacob. I didn't even
0: think about that. I'm like, so the one thing he's like in high school, yeah, wouldn't be possible.
1: Yeah, so I think what Gus said.
0: Yeah, it's you know, you're right.
1: And then, okay. I think Sean is rubbing off on Gus a little bit because Gus pulls out a map and he's like, look what I have. And Sean's like, where did you get that? And he said, I dug it out of the trash. That is such a Sean thing to do.
0: He's done that in previous episodes, hasn't he?
1: And then like, I don't think Gus would usually think that's okay or have the guts to, but now he's doing it. So I feel like, you know, Sean's rubbing off on him.
0: Because Malone isn't dead. He He only has the ethical problems when the person's dead. Have you noticed that? He had, he had p- remember the other episode with the mail.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I guess it, since it was in the trash can, he figured no one wanted it. Yeah, or or he didn't want anyone to see it. You know, sometimes you throw away things you don't want other people to right. see. He
0: crumpled it up. He didn't just toss it in the trash can. He crumbled it up because he didn't want his mom to see. Exactly. Right. Well, um, you mentioned the location that that Gus knew the location of the Tricon. Let's talk about that. Tricon actually takes place in the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, but they filmed this episode in Vancouver, obviously, uh, at the Nikkei Heritage Center.
1: Oh, so, okay. So yeah. there is a real location for, as Gus says, the con. The con. But they didn't film it at that location. No. Oh. I wonder if they just, they couldn't.
0: Well, because it's in Santa Ana. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Like here like they they have VidCon at the Anaheim Convention Center and the cons are here. Yes. But then they were filming there so they just took a big building. Anyway, it looked sense. it looked like something that would host venues. Yeah, so, it didn't know, look bad. Believable. Yeah.
1: So, they go to the con and <laughs> I I love this so much. Gus is embarrassed by Sean for once. He's like, "This is my turf."
0: Stop embarrassing me. Well, um, I feel like it's a mutual embarrassment. Like, Sean's like, I can't believe you're into this stuff.
1: Yeah. But Gus, you know, he is yeah. really into it. So... Yeah. I don't know. I think...
0: Which was really funny. He knew that he knew the comic book author. He went and got an autograph.
1: Well, this again proves how valuable Gus is in cases. We've talked about this in earlier podcast episodes. Because um, sometimes Gus... Gus's knowledge which is so different to Sean's knowledge, Mm -hmm. is really essential in cracking a case. Yeah. So, I mean, despite him being a total nerd, (laughs) it came in really handy.
0: I'm trying to weave in a joke about Gus's uh, pharmaceutical knowledge and Brian Tylenol. (laughs) But I can't make it work.
1: (laughs) Please make it work later. Oh, my God.
0: Robert (laughs) Aspirin.
1: Robert Aspirin.
0: I'm so sorry. This guy is probably listening, and he's like, come on.
1: (laughs) Oh, you think... That guy would be listening to our podcast? Oh, yeah.
0: We're famous.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Our two listeners. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One of them is Robert Asprin. <laughs> and the other is my mom.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's not George Takei. No, so. it's
0: not. Well, he, uh, he's too busy eating blueberries.
1: Which, okay. I know that's so far into the episode, but I want to talk about that. He gets mad because he wanted North Carolina blueberries but instead he got the Michigan
0: blueberries. So, I
1: wonder in real life if George Takei actually has a preference. And if you know someone out there, please let us know.
0: So, yeah, see other if if he doesn't, why would they write that in that Sean would know that? Because Sean Exactly. when I when you're first watching the scene where Sean and Gus are trying to get into the con, so they try to get past the the manager guy, the security, I don't know. Um and he and he didn't know. He was like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And they're like, they're just like acting like they belong, um, acting like they're George Takei's assistants. And he was, he was like, did you get his blueberries, his fresh blueberries? And so I'm like, oh, that's just something Sean made up. But then George Takei actually says, I wanted the North Carolina blueberries. So it's like, well, how did Sean know that?
1: Yeah, Um. maybe the writers of this episode knew something about T'K that the common right. public does not.
0: Yes, because didn't Yeah, cuz didn't Sean actually say like that he had some prior knowledge of George T'K? Possibly. Like cuz Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine how Sean would have either a really lucky guess or that's something about George T'K that we don't know.
1: Yeah. At the con, Sean Actually, this is pretty smart of him to do. He gets up on the stage because he wants to locate Mal- um, Malone's two two friends, uh, Dave, Don, and...
0: Don and Dave.
1: Don and Dave. Don and... No. A D name and a R name. R name.
0: Rob. Rob and Rob? Don. Rob and Don.
1: I don't know. <laughs> R- Raven... Ravenclaw. <laughs> Ravenclaw. I'm Ravenclaw. Anyway, he gets up there and, you know, he does some psychic shenanigans and the two guys run on a stage because, like, how cool would it be if a psychic was like, oh, I know you're here. And to, he, it's very smart what Sean does. I had to include this in the podcast. First of all, he steals their room key because he tells them. Yeah. The, and then he goes, "Um, ah, oh, yes, room 129. And the guy's like, no, it's 428. And right. of course, Sean didn't know the room, but he was yeah. using that tactic to get the real room number, which I mm-hmm. have done in real life. Oh. Not for a room in a hotel or anything. But I used to work at this like uh fast food place called Domino's. Fast food. That's fast food, right? Yes. Um and I guess the um ticket receipts weren't working very well cuz the ink was running out and so this guy had ordered and we were in like the hundreds. I don't know what order number he had. And when he comes to pick it up, you have to like confirm with their order number, not just their name, you know, because they could lie and pick Mm -hmm. someone else's pizza up. So instead of looking like an idiot and not knowing their order number, I mean, I guess I could have asked, but in the moment I panicked, I (laughs) just decided to say a random number, but confidently. Oh my God. So I was just like, oh, are you here for, um, are you here for like, I don't remember the number I said, but I was like, are you here for order 309? And he's like, no, I'm here for order 222 or something like that. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> but it works. It works if you say it confidently. Brilliant. You don't look so much of like an. I mean, you still get it wrong, but you don't yeah. look so much an idiot as if you were just to be like, "What is it?"
0: Yeah. You know. That's brilliant. I because we were talking about this uh in another episode when Sean uh, wanted, Bullshits. Well, he bullshitted to get Lassie's coffee. Yep. He said, you know, no cream, no sugar, and then uh, Buzz was like, you know, three creams, four sugar, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like. You're very astute. Nothing gets
1: past you. Nothing
0: gets past you. Yeah, it's yeah. very
1: smart. Like, I mean, the things yeah. that you can get away with yeah. by just exuding confidence.
0: I don't think the Domino's thing really works because if you want to pick up someone else's pizza, you absolutely can. Because I noticed this last time. Oh, 100%. Time I, if I, yeah, I noticed it's
1: this. It's just l- we we have to do it. Right. You know, We have to follow the store right. policies. But
0: I noticed this last time I was picking up from a Domino's they, they put the, the, the actual current orders in the whole store on a screen. So it's like you can see, like, I saw my name, Jacob. I saw, like, Elaine. And I saw, like, Rob. And so I'm like, I could just say, I'm Rob. And then there would be an order there for me. Like, you have to pay you in advance on the app.
1: Interesting. Okay, my location didn't have that. We oh, only okay. had screens for orders that were on um, curbside pickup. Oh. And then all the other order screens faced us. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that it was, it was a customer-facing screen that showed all current orders.
1: Maybe it's like a new thing. I mean, it's been a while since I worked at Domino's.
0: Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they find out that Malone has been online writing reviews about this movie that's going to come out that I guess... When he first watched it, he he trashed it, mm-hmm. and then he raved about it later. So they come to the Why conclusion that his opinion, the mm. movie, was paying him to write good reviews since his um, blog was so popular. He was right. uh, he went by the malcontent, yeah, which Malone malcontent Sean figures cool. out, you know. And so they figure out, oh my gosh, so he's been getting bribed essentially, and then they find this weird note. That says, one down, three to go. Something like that. Yeah. And One
0: down, two to go. One right? down, two to yeah. go. Yeah,
1: you're right. And they realize, oh, fuck. He mm-hmm. got kidnapped.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: This teenage boy got kidnapped. So they immediately assume that it's the movie. Right.
0: Yeah. Because you, you would. Because it's like they have motive and presumably means mm-hmm. an opportunity.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they quickly find out that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. um you know sean does his sean thing and hits on this this girl who's (laughs) part of the reporter yeah the reporter who is the second person who gets kidnapped
0: i think that's always super funny how sean's initial like idea is like complete like completely turned on its head yeah and then it's just like it's it adds so much to the mystery of the episode I am
1: so sorry. I just realized that reporter woman is not the second person to get kidnapped. She's the last person to get kidnapped.
0: The second the person. The second person
1: was her boss. They go back to his office and realize he got kidnapped. It was trashed.
0: Yeah. yeah. They, the, the, Sean, and, Sean and her went to the trashed office. Yeah.
1: Sorry, guys. My mistake. Yeah. She's the third person.
0: Because then, yeah, she was kidnapped outside. Outside. And then Sean finds the note on that lady's shoe.
1: Mm-hmm. And she looks yeah. at him weird, rightfully so, because yeah. he gets down his knees without even so, asking that her. That was so
0: dumb, though, because, like, you, you, he, you could see, she could see that he pulled something off of her heel. And then, like, he didn't say anything.
1: I know. Like, he
0: should have just been like, this was on your shoe. And then she would have been like, oh.
1: Or before even <laughs> touching her shoe. Yeah. Like, oh, you have something stuck to your heel. Can I yeah. grab it? You know.
0: Right. Uh, whatever. he's. Oh, whatever.
1: Sometimes he doesn't know how to socialize. Yeah. The, I wonder if yeah. anyone's written a psych paper oh, surely on Sean Spencer.
0: Have. I'm sure we could find some His sort mannerisms, of P- his habits, PhD, the way psychology. he thinks.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, So Gus is reading The Green Lantern. Not Green Lantern. That would the be a green, copyright. Sp-
0: the Green Spirit.
1: The Green Spirit. And he's like, oh my God, this kidnapping... Story is the exact villain story in this comic. And, oh, my God, I felt like I was getting slapped in the face a little bit when Sean put his cheeto fingers all over Gus's first edition comic book.
0: I got secondhand embarrassment. And ripped
1: a page out of it.
0: I wanted to slap his ass. He
1: has no... It's like he has no consideration for his best friend's property or money. It honestly bothers me a little bit.
0: That That... I get you're
1: trying to solve a case, and that's important, but you could have not done that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I've had that happen where I give something to a friend. Not a first edition comic, but I've given something of mine to my friend, and then he was like, oops, I accidentally damaged it or broke it a little bit. And, yeah, it pisses me off. But, yeah, you do learn to not give stuff to people because they don't care about it as much as you do. I
1: agree. Mm -hmm. And then, but they realize very quickly that the villain is the writer Mm -hmm. of the green spirit because, you know, he, after a really bad movie version of his comic, you know, he was going on the downhill. The
0: nipples. The
1: nipples, man. (laughs) The nipples. That's all they remember. Um, This actually is probably the first time I've got to say that the case seemed meh. Oh, episode really? was fun overall mm-hmm. especially the b plot which we'll talk about soon but the case just seemed meh like mm-hmm. why would the bad guy use his own handwriting especially yeah. when especially since the way he writes the letter o is so distinctive and special yeah that was the like did he want to be caught because he yeah. wanted to be be like did he really want to be the villain
0: He wanted, I no, see, I wonder if he wanted in some sort of like Like subconscious thing, he wanted the notoriety. Okay, but he
1: literally was going to blow up those people. There's different ways to get notoriety than kill
0: people. And he was, so what Sean puts together was he was putting the people, kidnapping them and putting them, like killing them in the same way that the comic book villain did by burning them. Yeah. So he was like, oh, they're going to be set on fire. We got to figure out how to stop it.
1: And also it's like everyone read that comic book. Yeah, Gus figured it out. But like, I feel like it wouldn't take super long for someone to figure out that that's what was happening. Yeah. Especially when the notes look literally what they look like in the comic. Yeah. So I felt like, well, it was kind of, I like, I like cases that really make me think mm -hmm. or I watch it back and I'm like, Wow. This one wasn't one of
0: those. I bought the whole deranged fan idea that they first had when they realized, oh, this is exactly from the comic book. I th- I bought that it was... The
1: deranged a, fan, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: I, I guess you're right where it's like, I hate to shit on it a little bit, but I'm like... Well, how do you think I feel? <laughs> right. No, you, the, your beloved psych, you know, this is your beloved baby. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, it seemed like... They just got into the groove of the show, and they're like, "Oh, we could get George Takei. Do you want to try to get George Takei? Like, let's write a rep episode around George Takei. Let's, let's, you know." It yeah, because they make like a lot of a they bit. make
1: a lot of Star Trek references. Yeah, and, you know the con and everything. But I mean, whether that was their intent or not, I just thought you know there were better cases in previous episodes. Yeah, it's and there's wasn't, you know. amazing cases in future episodes. So like, I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on it. It was a fun episode, and I, no, I liked, liked it a lot. I yeah. really liked the character stuff, but um, the case itself was kind of eh.
0: I didn't think it was eh as a first-timer, I, you know, because... Well, you haven't seen the rest of the show. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, this is only episode eight, and uh, so it's like, for me, this episode, you know, it's it's still, like, it's pretty good. like. hmm I'm not as critical of it as you, but yeah, I do see where you're coming from, where it's like, it definitely seems like this had a different focus or a different feel than the other ones. I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: This is the same thing that happened in San Antonio.
1: I was about to, you read my mind. Maybe you're psychic. Maybe you're psychic and I'm magic head, which leads me to the Gus nicknames. He has two in this episode. He's called chocolate (laughs) Colombo. And then... What does Magic head. I, I love that. That Sean, to include Gus, is going to use his head. Yeah,
0: and I thought he was just, like, making up a dumb, like, name. Of course he was. But then he's like, okay, what does the head mean? So, yeah, touches uh, he touches Gus's head every time he does a, a divination.
1: Yeah, when he really needs that extra oomph, yeah. you know? Channeling um, Gus. And so there's the Gus nickname... And then let's quickly, quickly go back to The Hidden Pineapple. Did you see it? No. So The Hidden Pineapple was actually when Sean and Gus were at the churro stand. And they were talking about doing um, the uh, karaoke with George Takei. Okay. And there's a woman that was an extra, I'm assuming, in the background um, with a grocery bag that looked like it had pineapples on it. And sticking out of the grocery bag. Oh, okay. So double whammy. Hmm. Um. Or like we had mentioned at the beginning of the episode, maybe it was in Malone's room, but that one seems a little bit less believable to yeah. me.
0: This one is definitely more intentional or I more agree. obvious. Yeah. Interesting. I t- I, didn't, I missed that. I was more looking at those fucked up churros. <laughs> they were so like bent. And, like, messy.
1: I know. Yeah, I
0: was like, come on. You can up your churro game a little bit.
1: <laughs> but um, knowing Sean yeah. still they'll eat anything. They'll eat
0: anything. And they were 50 cents, so yeah, who cares. That's yeah, that's
1: not... I mean, with inflation, what would that be now?
0: Oh, probably, like, three bucks. That's why <laughs> Disneyland churros are $5. But
1: I know. They have those churros that look like um, lightsabers in... What is it?
0: Galaxy's I'm... Edge?
1: No. The one with... um. Wait wow oh tomorrowland I'm, tomorrowland that's oh interesting called. i thought They're you were like talking red about red and blue
0: i thought you were talking about the buzz lightyear one because oh, they have no. they have a buzz lightyear astro churro or something like that but that's in the pixar it
1: sounds like the name of a dildo
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just the buzz lightyear <laughs> astro churro it's cinnamon flavored <laughs> 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 flavored for his pleasure later
1: <laughs> oh my god i don't know if we're gonna pe- keep that in there But we should. Yeah,
0: we should. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's like, so I... um, I can't... No, I can't talk about churros anymore.
1: Me neither. They're um, They're
0: star-shaped.
1: I was going to say, they're long and delicious, but that's what the (laughs) dildo packages should say. Anyway, um, (laughs) so the case ends with Sean quickly figuring out that the three kidnappees are under the stage, hooked up to... The bomb, essentially. Yeah. The pyrotechnics
0: um, yes. for the um, the show. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And they save them. And that's the end of the case. Yeah. Wraps up pretty nicely. It was very and quick. And did you yeah. notice? This is the first episode where no one dies. There is
0: no death. Wow. I didn't notice.
1: I actually didn't realize until we rewatched this. And I was like, wow, yeah. And there were no actual murders. Cool. Yeah, they're cool.
0: diversifying pretty nice <laughs> yeah
1: um maybe it's because lassie wasn't around lassie, yeah. <laughs> no no that's not fair but um lassie's lassie actually on the road midwife. <laughs> midwife lassie oh i'll screen grab it and put it on stories midwife lassie yeah we stand midnight midwife lassie anyway he's on the road with chief and her water
0: breaks where and were they going was it said
1: i I forgot it was said at the beginning of the episode when Juliet was talking to Sean, but I can't remember. And like an idiot, last he's like, "Uh, uh, "Can you move my briefcase?" It has tremendous sentimental value. (laughs) I know, and she's like, "Do you understand how uncomfortable this is?"
0: Of course, he doesn't. Um, You see it on his face after that. He was like, "Oh my god, I just need to drive you to the hospital."
1: Yeah. So they. um,
0: There's like a moment of panic where he's like, "Am I going to have to deliver a baby today?"
1: They get to the hospital and go, Chief Vic, no epidural.
0: Very strong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She, she's like, you no, no. You see, the no. nurse was
0: like, okay, we'll hold off on that
1: then. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do this naturally. Yeah. And the nurse's like, okay. Yeah. Um. And although this like seemed kind of weird. I mean, Chief has got to have her baby at some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like we find out more about the divorce with Lassie and his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she thought I didn't want kids. She was wrong.
0: Yeah. And the Aww. way he's
1: looking at Chief Vic's baby after he cuts the umbilical cord, such a touching moment. Mm-hmm. And then Vic is like, yeah, that's great and all, Carlton. You think I, think I might be baby? able to hold my baby now? <laughs>
0: he's like, I don't want to have to pay you for your $40 holding fee that the hospital charges for having another Oh my
1: God, person.
0: Really? Yes, some bullshit charges. If you ask them, you know, it'll cost $10,000 to have a baby now. And then you're like, can I have an itemized list of what yes, the charges are? Yes, I heard are?
1: about that. And then if Asking you do that, for an itemized yeah,
0: some list. of the some of the charges will mysteriously disappear. Why does that happen? That but then just you like can makes see me the,
1: feel, I do yeah, not want to give they, birth.
0: Yeah, they charge, they charge you money to hold your own child. Fuck that.
1: Yeah, it's. They charge you money for a lot of different things. Like for yeah. them to even like give you a sh- like pills or even skin on skin contact.
0: Contact. Yeah.
1: Um, But anyway, um, it was just kind of cute how yeah. enamored he was with Chief Fix baby girl. Where
0: was the husband?
1: Stuck the in father. traffic. Remember? Oh, traffic. Which. That's right. Okay.
0: Okay. You go 90 miles an hour. On yeah. The you
1: will yeah. do everything you can to get there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I don't know if we ever meet Chief Vic's husband. He's hmm. mentioned a lot. Right. But like, damn, another man cut the umbilical cord of your baby and held your baby before you did the dad.
0: Fight to the death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know. That just is like, eh. Yeah. But, um.
0: I hope he knows Lassie. I kind of hope. I'm sure she's
1: know. talked about.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I I don't I don't see Lassie being this kind of person, but the kind of person to familiarize yourself, like to know each other with yeah. like ex-husband and Lassie. Like if they were if they were cool, if they were tight, I feel like then the husband wouldn't necessarily be as miffed or yeah. sad that he missed it because someone I actually value did it.
1: Yeah, and I don't think they are that close yet, though. Yeah,
0: that that makes because me a little at the beginning sad. of
1: the drive, uh, Carlton, it was <clears throat> saying like, "How you know is interesting going from the previous chief who was like a mentor to him to her,
0: mm-hmm. and, he and he stumbles like, through the. It's not because you're, you're a woman,
1: oh, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff.
0: Well, yeah, and then so it shows, and then it's just oh, you get the you get the secondhand cringe because. You realize, Chief Vic, totally is not paying attention. She's she's um, on, the on the phone, on the Bluetooth earbud, um, earpiece, uh, and like that's that's always so. Have you ever had that happen where you're talking to somebody and you think they're paying attention, but they're just focused on something else? Or talking I've had to that somebody happen, else. but not it's, when they're
1: on the phone. Yeah, I've had it happen where they're like just distracted or talking to another yeah. person. But um, or I've had the the i'm pretty sure everyone has had this where you wait someone waves to you and you oh. think they're waving at you but they're not yeah um
0: i've yeah i had that happen so much and then i always just kind of i've turned it into a little joke where if i'm not sure even if i'm sure even if i'm sure someone's waving at me i'll look behind me and then just like kind of like laugh about it because you're
1: traumatized you're
0: like too yeah, many times I'm not like, this time I, on the off chance there's someone else crisis averted but if there isn't...
1: Is averted.
0: I make a joke about it. Yeah.
1: Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Another Bo Burnham reference. Um, But yeah, and so then, although B-plot and A-plot don't really mix, they do at the very end come together. Um, They're all looking at the babies and they're like, which one is hers? And Chief comes behind them. And she's like, isn't it clear? Like, she looks just like me. And I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. So... And she's like, I'm going to go back to work tomorrow. And they're like, what the hell? You, you should rest.
0: Hardcore. She wasn't actually pregnant, was she? Was she?
1: No, remember? She, we talked about this with the... I can't um,
0: remember what we talked she about. She
1: was pregnant, but yeah. she gave birth before this episode happened. Oh, okay. So she wore a fake belly. Yeah. But she was pregnant in the earlier episodes and then gave birth.
0: Right. So Okay. So this is the episode. It was fake.
1: Yeah, it was huh. fake, this episode. Okay. I think it was fake the last episode, too. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah. And so then... It ends like that. And then we're back at Henry's house, who we haven't even seen that much in this episode. And uh, he and Gus are talking, and Sean comes in with this big grin on his face. You know it's always going to be interesting when Sean comes in with a smile that big. And he's like, look at what the convention made me. And it was like oh my God. the adventures of Psych Man with his psychic magic, magic head. head. <laughs> and Gus's poster just looks so bad. Oh, it's
0: one of those bad, like uh state fair caricatures
1: yes that's exactly yeah. what it is and he's holding a magic wand <laughs> and gus is like if i have a magic head why do i need a magic wand and i'm like i'm so glad he asked that because that crossed my mind too
0: well it's for the effect it's for flipping it around and abracadabra I and know, but he's not a magician yeah
1: well he's- he just has a magical head that doesn't work i guess unless the psych man is touching it so wow
0: that's what she said.
1: Yeah, I, I heard it as soon as it came out of my mouth.
0: It's been wow. in my mind. It's been in my mind this whole conversation. I'm like, how am I gonna? How is it gonna? This is gonna end in a dick joke. I can't oh figure God. out how. We've it's had too many happen.
1: of those this episode. It Two. just
0: happened. It Just, it just happened. Just
1: happened. Yeah. Um. So, that's it, guys. That's the episode. No,
0: I would be remiss if I did not mention there was a Stargate actor in this episode. Um, the events coordinator. The guy with uh, the long floppy hair,
1: the bad hair,
0: yeah. Oh, and his hair looks like
1: string the beans. Hectic
0: guy. Oh yeah, it does. He uh, he's in later. Uh, like
1: the wilted string beans.
0: Yeah. But, Sorry, oh, his hair just the canned string beans. Yeah, there's yeah. Greasy and yeah.
1: Um. Wow. So another yeah. cross. There's actually mm-hmm. quite a few crossovers between Psych and the show Stargate.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. It's just it just happens when you bring a lot of guest actors in, and you know they're both Vancouver-based shows mm-hmm. filming around the same time.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> there's quite a few uh, screen grabs we'll put on our Instagram, but um, of course we'll put George K, and then we're going to put one of Lassie and Chief Vic in the hospital. But before we go out, while we were doing this podcast, I went and found Callum Worthy's This Is Disney Channel Oh, you did? Thing on YouTube. So it's only a few seconds long, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to hold it up to the mic and we can listen to him do
0: the spiel. Okay. I'm Kalem Worthy from Austin and Alley. Kalem! Oh, shit. I'm Kalem Worthy from Austin and Alley. Oh, oops. I'm sorry. This is Kalem Worthy, not Callum Worthy.
1: I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Kalem.
0: We should have have done this before we He's
1: in another psych episode where he has a way bigger part. Okay. And we will give him the proper pronunciation proper
0: pronunciation he deserves
1: oh I feel so bad we're bad people <laughs> no we're
0: not it's a fine we I know ju- it now. wasn't that
1: that wasn't an un- the most well, uncommon name so I figured I knew mm-hmm. how to pronounce it but I guess let's always just look it up to be sure
0: well it's not Caleb you would have you know if it was you know, yeah it's I thought it was Callum right. but right. it's Caleb. well right. McCallum is a last name alright whatever I'm Caleb Worthy from Austin and Alley. Watching Disney Channel. Dun dun dun! There it was. Oh my god! um, I watched a documentary on YouTube about the Disney Channel theme, and if for any listener, take the time—I think it's like 45 minutes or something. Maybe it's an hour. Watch this documentary on the Disney Channel theme from the the YouTube channel Defunct Land. Defunct Land. It's so good. It's like it's this it's this perfect mystery of it's that. You know, that catchy dun dun da da, and then they, they they remix it into different genres and everything over the years. And then, like, it's this whole mystery of, like, even people who worked with it, no one, knew, no one knows who, like, who came up with it. Like, it's this great mystery.
1: What anyway. I want to know is do they actually
0: draw the Mickey? So, yes, they try. And it's really hilarious to watch the outtakes. Where it's like you can clearly, like someone edits in what they actually trace and it's like nowhere close to the Mickey. But then like in the editing that they do, it lines it kind of up with, it's really funny.
1: That's great. Yeah.
0: It makes me wonder why Disney actually released that unedited footage. Oh, well. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it was just someone who worked on it, saved it. Oh, well. Sean said something in this episode twice that I had never heard before. He said the word reneged. Reneged, reneged, And I thought he was saying the N word at first. (laughs) Did you look it up? I did. Um, It says it means to go back on a promise, like revoke.
1: So Sean, who never pays attention in school, just knows these big fancy words?
0: Yeah, it's weird. He said it twice. You know,
1: I bet you anything. He's the kind of kid who heard it once, Found out what it meant and then just never stopped using it. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time for season one, episode nine, Forget
0: Me Not. I'm assuming it's a pun title, K-N-O-T? No. No? Okay. N-O-T, Forget Me Not. Forget Me Not. All right. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at psyched.pod. Contribute to um, the podcast by sending in your thoughts. Um, Beware of spoilers, though. Um, And uh, that's where we post updates about our uh, podcast uploads and trivia and uh, screen grabs and everything. So get involved psyched.pod on Instagram or send in your thoughts at we're psychedpodcast at gmail.com. See you
1: next time. Did I miss something big?
0: I'm going to fart. Okay. That was not going in the podcast is that what that is.
1: My dad would love that in the <laughs> podcast though.
0: Well your dad can subscribe to our Patreon and then <sighs> that's where all the fart audio oh will my be gosh. released.